Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are back, everyone. Welcome back to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. This is Jake Arthur, joined by Zach Hicks, and we are here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also love it if you give us a five-star rating as well if you're enjoying the show. That definitely helps get more eyes and ears on us. Thank you for joining us, everyone. On today's show, it's playoff time. We talk all about the Colts' wildcard matchup this Saturday against the Buffalo Bills out in New York at Bills Stadium. The Colts hung on to beat Jacksonville last week narrowly, and they got the help they needed by none other than the Bills as they beat the ever-loving hell out of the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Colts hope to repay the Bills with an L. Before we move on, let's hear from our sponsor. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL playoffs are also here. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. The Colts are currently six and a half point underdogs against the Buffalo Bills on BetOnline with an over-under of 51 points. The Colts seem to perform better when expectations are lower for them. So what might happen this weekend? From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. To head to betonline.ag to get today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thanks again for joining us, guys, and thank you for your patience. I, of course, have been away the last week and a half after the birth of my daughter, Elliot. I am so proud of my wife for doing such an incredible job, and I've just been soaking up all my first days of parenthood. So, uh, yes, we uh, we missed out on a show or two, but we're back here for you. The Colts punched their ticket to the postseason, so it was in due time for me to come back uh, and have Zach and I kind of kick it with you guys. I'm tired, but I'm here, damn it. So back- first week where uh, you might be a little more tired than me so i feel good about it i feel yeah, good you, I'm, I'm the lively ex- one <laughs> exactly you you were working overnights at work and now i'm working overnights as a parent because <laughs> this baby she parties all night she really does she's a good baby but nighttime is not when she likes her rest they always say the first one is the the wild one that's what oh, it's yeah. it's because you're just not one you're not used to it so yeah. it's just you know, it, it always feels crazy, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, congratulations, man, with everything with that. And um, I hope you and your wife are doing good right now uh, outside of the uh, yeah. <laughs> the not sleeping at all at night. Yeah, no, we're, we're doing great. We're we got a little system down so we can kind of adjust to all of this. 
But uh, so, of course, we're going to be watching this game Saturday with a baby. Some background information on this. Uh, it's, of course, again, this Saturday, January 9th at Bill Stadium in Orchard Park, New York at 105 Eastern. And I didn't know until just this week that the name changed to Bill Stadium, which is a little generic, if you ask me. Just Bill Stadium? Yeah, it's just Bill Stadium. I, I checked that in like two or three places because it's very stripped down from what the name has been as far as I've known for like the past 30 years. Not sellouts like everybody else. With yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> FedEx and stuff <laughs> like Bills. All right. It is on CBS and it's Ian Eagle, Charles Davis and Evan Washburn on the call. On the radio locally, it's on WFNI and WLHK with Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, Lara Overton, and Bill Brooks. It's also on Westwood One Sports Radio with John Sadak and Ross Tucker on the call. The referee crew this week is Brad Allen's group. Allen is in his seventh year as an NFL official. His crew is right in the middle of the pack in terms of the amount of penalties they call. They rank eighth out of 16 full-time crews. That's according to Roto-Wire. All time, the Colts are 32 and 37 against the Bills. Uh, of course, a lot of their matchups go back to when they were AFC Central or AFC East opponents back in the 90s. Uh, those two teams have split their last six matchups going back to 2006. The statistical leaders for the Bills, uh, Josh Allen, he has 4,544 yards passing. That ranks fifth in the NFL. Rushing, Devin Singletary has 687. Receiving, of course, Stephon Diggs has had an incredible season, uh, 1,535 yards, which ranked first in the NFL. Uh, you could probably go ahead and say, you know, he and Devontae Adams may have been the most productive receivers in the NFL this year. Uh, as far as non-passing touchdowns goes, that's still Josh Allen with nine. Uh, tackles, Jordan Poyer leads them with 124. Sacks, A.J. Klein and Mario Addison both have five. And then interceptions, Tredavious White leads them with three. Some team statistics for the Bills. Offensively, they are first on third downs at 49.7%. And they're tied for first on fourth downs also with 80, 80%. So they stay on the field. Uh, they're ranked second overall offensively with 396.4 yards per game and, set, or, and scoring as well with 31.3 points per game. They're third in passing at 288.8, fourth in passing yards per attempt with eight. Uh, They're ninth in sacks allowed, just 27. They are tied for ninth in the fewest interceptions thrown, just 11. So this is, this offense is probably close. Actually, you could not even probably, it's probably the closest to uh, the Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas and, and yeah, yeah, those days. Uh, defensively, the Bills are tied for third in takeaways with 26, tied for seventh in interceptions with 15. They are tied for eighth in opponent yards per pass attempt at 6.9. They're tied for 22nd in opponent's yards per carry at 4.6. So that's a key one we might want to look at with how Jordan uh, Jonathan Taylor has been running the ball lately. And then they are 28th in red zone defense with 65.5%. Some storylines for this game, uh, looking at injuries first. Colts injuries, of course, Anthony Costanzo recently, um, his season has ended with uh, with an ankle injury. But Jared Valdir uh, stepped in and, and did well. You did a film breakdown on him, didn't you, Zach? Yeah, yeah. He was a blast to watch. I actually 
you know, going into the game, I didn't expect him to be as dominant in the run game as what he was. But, I mean, he was a straight-up bulldozer in the run game, just moving guys at will. So, uh, yeah, I was very, very impressed with how he played in his debut with the Colts, especially coming off the street. Oh, yeah. He wired off the street, walked in, and uh, was really solid. And that's the best you can get out of a left tackle this late in the year. Absolutely. And you and I have talked about this many times before because injuries aren't new to Costanza this year. Um, But – Backup offensive linemen this year have been bad. Every year. And it's even, always. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, backup offensive tackles, offensive linemen, you know, interior guys, you can kind they of have more protection them. around them. Yeah. Yeah. But shoo, backup offensive tackles, you know, to even have a player play as well as Will Holden did against the Steelers, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't phenomenal, but it was fine. That That's rare. But to get what we kind of got out of Valdir last week, which was, uh, stout in the run game and outside of a couple breakdowns pretty darn good in the pass game as well uh yeah that was best case scenario that the Colts got this past weekend with him yeah it's a little unfortunate he's on the wrong side of 30 because yeah. if he keeps it up you'd love to commit to him as, as a backup tackle as a Raven Clark replacement uh but if he's been working with uh with retirement then I'm sure he probably would like a little bit more than a little more of a commitment than that uh, but also speaking of Will Holden, he's out this week with an ankle injury, as is cornerback Rocky Sin with a concussion. Um, against a passing offense like this, sure, Yasin hasn't had his greatest of moments, but um, you'd like you'd prefer him out there, of course. Uh, it's going to kind of shine a light on TJ Carey now, especially. Well, yeah, and uh, the Colts are essentially three deep now that corner. So if one of them mm-hmm. goes down at any point in the game. Uh, I mean, do you, you throw out the rookie Isaiah Rogers? Do you throw out I don't who who who's their fifth guy again? Don't they have uh, Tremont Smith? Yeah, you throw a special teamer, a career special teamer. Like it's just yeah. I'm curious about yeah. Julian Blackman with how how much he would w- was able to do in college, mm-hmm. and his thing is is how smart he is <laughs> and knowing all the different defensive back assignments. So that probably wouldn't be what they would do, but maybe if they had to look to the next week, perhaps you never know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there were an injury to say carry throughout the game, we'd probably see Kenny flip out outside yeah. for the rest of the game. And then you would see probably Blackman or Willis or maybe Rogers. I don't know. It might be Isaiah Rogers, but and uh, you might see one of them kind of take over that slot role. One of the safeties there. Um, yeah. I know people aren't really high on Rockets in this year. Uh, I think, I think it's a tad absurd how far the hate's gone for him. I do think there have been some bad plays and it hasn't been the greatest of sophomore seasons. Yeah. But he's still a decent corner in the league. He does get beat over the top quite a bit, which we uh, obviously don't love. But uh, this cornerback group's really, really thin right now, especially with his injury. So um, that's definitely a big storyline to watch going into this game. Yeah. And again, especially against a potent passing attack like this, you definitely prefer to have him rather than, than not. Yeah. Um, DeForest Buckner, the uh, as of this morning, let's see, it's yeah, as it's Thursday morning, he is the reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Month, and he's basically done it on one ankle. Yeah. Um, that ankle injury has him listed as questionable, but I'd have to imagine that they, dude. They, that yeah. dude's not missing this game. They, they said he's pretty good to go. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I think they said they rested him, and then he full practiced. I think today. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think he's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I was not worried about seeing him with the no practice. That seemed like rest to me. Uh, and then some good news. Um, this is a guy who, when he's not out there, issues pop up. And yeah, 
people don't talk about it a lot, but Kari Willis is back from his concussion. That should go really well. Uh, Nothing against Tavon Wilson or anything, but things look a lot smoother out there when it's Julian Blackman playing beside Kari Willis. Yeah, what you get out of Willis, it's not going to, that this aspect isn't going to be huge this week. That, you know, he's a great run defender, excellent run alley and, and getting up there and run defense even though it doesn't really matter too much against the bills because the bills just don't run the ball that much. He's also very, he's gotten a lot better in coverage. I mean, I think his rookie season uh, quarterbacks had like a 115 passer rating when targeting him, according to pro football focus Uh, And this year, it's still not an elite number, but it's dropped down to about 86 or 87, I believe. Uh, So it's, it's come down a bit. He's become a lot more steady in coverage. Uh, You don't really see many blown coverage mistakes from him. Uh, which we have seen from some of the backups that have stepped in for him when he's been out. So, yeah, just getting that reliable force next to next to Julian Blackman and a guy who you know is not really going to miss a tackle when he gets a guy in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's going to be big in this one to limit the bills on those big plays they want to have. Yeah, I think it, it could especially be important because Josh Allen is more than capable of making plays with his feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of a nice – a nice safety with with the strength and confidence that he plays with against that. That'll be good. Um, anything short with like Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, I, I would much prefer to have Willis out there. Uh, looking at Bill's injuries, I don't think there's a ton of concern about it, but these two guys are on the list. Cole Beasley has a knee injury and Stephon Diggs has an oblique. They're both questionable. Now, Beasley, I believe, did miss week 17. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know how much of that he was unable to play or how much of it they just rested him for the playoffs because they already had their spot punched. Um, I think but, the but, sense is around people who cover the team and fans and stuff like that is it's they're iffy if Beasley plays. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think McDermott was even a little iffy on committing to him playing. Uh, Diggs should be good to go. Uh, he said the other day that he should be fine. For this That's weekend. all they need anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even if Beasley, Beasley is one of the better slot receivers in football, like yeah. he's, he's an absolute stud. Uh, but even if he doesn't go, you got Stefan Diggs, who led the NFL in receiving. You have uh, John Brown, who's coming back from injury. Gabriel Davis, who's been a really good rookie receiver. Isaiah McKenzie, who had two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more than capable even without Beasley. But if Beasley's out, that does potentially open the Colts up for some more blitz opportunities. And, and pressure things they can do because they don't have to worry about that elite blitz speeder right there on the back end. Uh, so uh, it would be big for the Colts if Cole Beasley didn't play, but that's something to definitely monitor going into the game. Yeah, because that's going to occupy pretty much all of Kenny Moore's attention if, if Beasley does play. Yeah, whenever they go in man, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's really it as far as any notable injuries for the Bills go. Um that that kind of covers some of the main storylines for me in this one. We'll, we'll get into more offensive defense specifically, uh, but just sort of some Colts notes. Um, I know you and I are both fans of this. Uh, Chris Ballard, apparently they're going to look to get an extension for him uh, before mm-hmm. training camp comes up. That's obviously huge. And it, it's, you know, no brainer. It goes without saying. The, considering the curveballs this team has had for them to be back in the playoff hunt and look like a legit playoff team most of the time, you know, that that's, that's of course, huge news. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we, we, we talked about it before. I mean, how many teams in this league could lose the face of their franchise like right now mm-hmm. and within a year's time be 11 and five and back in the playoffs. I, I really don't think there's many teams. Um so just kind of the way he's been able to pivot off of that, off the Josh McDaniels thing, uh, build build this roster basically from nothing. Uh, 
yeah, I, I mean, he deserves as long an extension as he wants with this team and uh, probably even double <laughs> whatever he would want is yeah. what I would offer because I think he's definitely the right guy for this team. And I, I believe pretty much everyone listening to this podcast will agree. Yeah, and let's not forget that defense got completely overturned man-to-man, mm-hmm. and now it's one of the best in the league. It, it ranked top three for pretty much the entire season. So that's that's pretty impressive in itself. And that's for a defensive scheme that is considered bend but don't break. So yeah. I, I think that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, and then this could also be the final ride for some significant free agents, some 2021 free agents. Uh, I'm not mentioning guys who I think we all can agree are most likely to come back like T.Y. Hilton. Um, but, you know, this could be it for guys like Philip Rivers, Justin Houston, Danico Autry, Xavier Rhodes price tag probably goes quite a bit up. Anthony Walker, Al-Kadeem Muhammad, Zach Pascal, Mo Ali Cox. Safe to say not everyone is going to be able to come back. So it's, it's yeah. you know, this could be the final ride for a lot of those guys. Yeah. I mean, well, Pascal and Mo Ali Cox are restricted, so they should be back. Yeah. But... Uh, the Colts have been fortunate to, to kind of have – really uh really generous contract offerings for those guys i mean they set it up themselves but yeah yeah you got to hit on those undrafted types and you'll be able to get those restricted years uh for quite a bit on really cheap salaries so they've Mm -hmm. they've definitely benefited uh from that i think i think george odom's coming up soon too as a restricted um Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's this year as well but uh yeah all those guys are definitely benefited they're benefiting the colts at least to be kind of restricted because they were undrafted free agents Yep, and a nice all-pro selection next to Odom's name that uh, beef up his price tag a little bit. (laughs) All right, looking specifically at the offensive side of the game here for the Colts, the the Bills aren't – they're kind of middle of the pack in just about everything defensively. They don't suffocate you in any one area. They don't get a ton of sacks. They do do create interceptions and some turnovers. Um, But it looks like the Colts should just kind of be able to play their game which especially lately has been Jonathan Taylor just running wild, had a a top 10 single game NFL performance last week with 253 yards against the Jaguars. So what, what are, what are you thinking recipe wise might might be in store for the Colts here? It seems like, it seems like whatever their game plan can be, they should be able to to execute it. Yeah. I mean, if, if Colts are Ben don't break defense, they're the the bills are the other side of the spectrum where they're going to take those risky chances as a defense to force those turnovers, force those big plays. Um, but they will break every now and then, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I believe they're, I think I saw a stat the other day, like 27th in the NFL and uh, explosive run percentage against, uh, which obviously is, is huge for the Colts with how the run game has been going. But uh, you know, when I look at, when I look at the matchup, their defense, I think is very solid all across the board. You know, the defensive line is very solid. Nobody likes no superstar on there. I mean, Ed Oliver is kind of getting to that point, but he's not there yet. Uh, linebacker group is fast. It's really young. Um, and their secondary is very, very solid, highlighted by one of the best quarters in football. Um, I, I do think the game plan does need to be, you know, lean on that run game, but don't over rely on the run game being productive because we've seen the Bills this year uh, in two big matchups, one against the Raiders, one against the Titans, where I think they held Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry combined to 90 yards this year on the ground. Uh, now we've seen other games where, you know, Damian Harris went over a hundred yards and Daryl Henderson went over a hundred yards on them. So you can run on this defense. Uh, but if, if, if they can ID that that's what you want to do the whole game, they will stack the box and they will fill those run lanes. And that, that'll be their number one priority. Uh, they, they really try to do that kind of Patriots method of take away your number one option of whatever 
your number one option is. Uh, so the biggest thing for me, I think, is, you know, you, you do want to get that quick passing game going. You want to be able to spread that ball around, uh, especially, you know, if Trey White is, shadow, is shadowing uh, Hilton, you kind of want to get the ball around to everybody else. Uh, the best thing about the Colts offense is they don't just rely on T.Y. Hilton anymore. You you can rely on multiple other guys, so you can kind of avoid a guy like Trey White. Uh, but, you know, do what the Colts have been doing all year at the quick game. Get those those um, those matchups that work out. doesn't matter who it is. Just get those matchups and those pick plays and, and quick hitters. Um, and then kind of use the pass to, to set up the run. You know, if, if you can open them up a little bit with the pass, uh, then then you can start hitting them with the run game like we've seen the last couple weeks with the Colts. So uh, definitely a heavy dose of the run game. But the pass game has to be efficient. It has to be safe, too. Like, it can't be uh, – we can't see turnovers in this game because the more chance you give the Bills offense, the the less likely you are to stop them. Uh, so as long as the Colts are safe and controlled on offense, but, you know, they're also um, efficient, then we should see a good game from this offense. The Bills' defense is not like the Steelers or any kind of elite defense. Uh, it is beatable, but you have to kind of play within your own game. You can't play to, to what they want you to do or you're going to get in trouble and, you know, turn the ball over a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, well. You meant you mentioned Tre'Davious White potentially shadowing T.Y. Hilton. Uh, obviously, you got to start. You know, you want to you want to get the run game going. But if it leans towards being more of a passing thing, I could see this being one where Zach Pascal and Michael Pittman are kind of mm-hmm. get getting their their share of of the plays. Now, looking at the Colts' defense this week, uh, we saw that that stat from Michael Kist where he said. The Bills are averaging 47.3 points per game in the last three weeks, which is just – it's very good. It's pretty good. I guess two um, defenses in the top ten in scoring points against uh, the Dolphins defense and the Patriots defense. So yeah. even though the teams overall they went against were not playoff teams by any means, uh, and obviously the, those teams' offenses played a part in why their defenses gave up so much. Yeah. But – you know, those are two top 10 scoring defenses they put up over 40 points on, or I think it was 38 against the Patriots. But that's, that's what makes it even more impressive. Yeah. So this, looking at this defense, this matchup for the Colts defense, it kind of reminds me of what we've seen from like the Chiefs um, yeah. the past couple years, just a really potent offense. It's not so much the run game, but the offense, the, the passing game is really diverse. Their quarterback can make plays inside and out of the pocket. Um, just can do some things that the average quarterback can't do. That's it, it's it's really tough for me to kind of put my finger on on exactly what the Colts defense. I, you obviously have to focus on the passing game first because we we know they're a very good run defense. I, I think they'll handle that perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, stopping someone like Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley too, elite. Elite uh, route runners are just, they're always open. They're, mm-hmm. They always can get the ball, so that's tough. I guess it's just about in coverage, keeping things in front of you and don't allow yards after catch. Don't allow them to beat you deep, even though it's easier said than done because Stephon Diggs has plenty of speed as well. He can he can run after the catch. There's really not a lot that he can't do. Um, is there any certain is there any certain secret sauce you think the Colts can be doing to – to kind of counter the, the Bills offense because it's going to be arguably their toughest matchup they've faced so far on the side of the ball. Yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing that I think needs to be em- emphasized in the Colts locker room and for the Colts defensive staff this week is you need to treat this game like you're going against Pat Mahomes or like you're going against Deshaun Watson because uh, Josh Allen has deserved that kind of recognition the way he's played this year. You know, you have to treat him like 
the the great improvisational quarterback that he's played this year. Uh, and they kind of have to scheme him the way that they would scheme a Deshaun Watson or they would scheme a Pat Mahomes. And the Colts have had relative success against those two quarterbacks. You know, I'm not going to say that they shut them down, but you've seen the sack numbers go up. You've seen turnover numbers go up against them for the Colts. Uh, and they haven't had their best games that they've had in their career against the Colts. Uh, so I think the, the main aspect of what they need to do is a lot more cover three and cover one than what they typically do. Uh, because I think if the Colts sit in their, in their typical cover two or Tampa two, Josh Allen's going to completely shred that middle of the field. Like it, 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 it is a match of nightmare if the Colts want to sit in their cover two all game, which I know the Colts are going to play some cover two, obviously uh, they're not just going to completely go away from it, but uh, the more they sit in that cover two, the more that Josh Allen's going to get those tight windows and he's going to hit those tight windows over the middle. Um, so yeah, I wanted to see more cover three and more cover one. I uh, can take away those vertical shots and kind of keep everything in front. But the biggest thing that I kind of wrote about today was uh, what the Colts like to do against Mahomes and Watson is a lot of those sin pressures, a lot of overload blitzes and, and just showing pressure, even when you're not bringing it, just you want to throw as much pressure at Allen, but not in the exact same way every time. So I'm not saying, you know, just stack seven guys in the box and rush all seven straight at him. No, I'm saying, you know, maybe have seven guys in the box, rush three from the right side, one from the left. And the next time you blitz the, the two, you know, the two linebackers that are mugging the A-gap, uh, you know, you want to just throw a variety of different pressures at him. So if you can get his second, like his eyes off downfield for a second to look about that pressure, you know, worry about that pressure. Uh, and you can kind of speed up that internal clock where he's thinking, oh, I need to get out of the pocket. I need to make some plays instead of standing in there and trying to deliver to these really good receivers that he has out there. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, when you go against elite quarterbacks or great quarterbacks or great offenses, you're not going to stop them. And I think that's the biggest thing that Colts fans and, and I think the Colts uh, defense kind of in the back of their mind should know is you're not going to stop an elite offense, especially nowadays. You just, you, you know, it, it's very, very rare that you're going to actually shut them down. Um, the biggest thing you can do, though, to help your team and give your team a chance to win is force those turnovers, get sacks, you know, get them in negative situations and and areas where they can make mistakes. And that's always been a big thing with the Colts defense, especially against these type of quarterbacks. Uh, so the more pressure you can bring, the more you can speed up that internal clock of Allen. You can get him to maybe getting back to some of those mistakes he made his first two years where he's sailing some balls or he's, or he's missing some throws because he is worrying about the variety of pressure coming his way. That would be the best game plan for the Colts. I'm not saying that's 100% going to work. He'll probably still get his yards, probably still get some touchdowns. But uh, the more mistakes you can force uh, and the more you can get him off the field with sacks and negative situations, I think that's the most beneficial thing you can do. Uh, and we saw the Seahawks this, this year against them. Seahawks are one of the worst defenses in football this year, uh, but they got seven sacks against the Bills with a lot of simulated pressures, a lot of different blitz designs, uh, and they were able to find success in in that area of the field. Obviously, Allen threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns against them, and they lost. Uh, but that aspect of the of their game, I think, is something the Colts really could take for this one and kind of put it into their system on how they want to attack Allen and kind of get them off the field. So. There is definitely a game script for them to beat this offense and and find success without stopping them. Uh, but it really comes down to, you know, getting that pressure, getting Allen to, to take his eyes off downfield for even a split second and kind of speeding up his internal clock. And he's still going to have a good game. But if you can get those mistakes in there with that good game, that's the biggest thing the Colts can do. Yeah, I, I think that's enormous. Uh, the Colts do have the luxury of knowing Allen is is a young quarterback. He's not like he's an enormous playmaker, but he's not spotless. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, getting that pressure on him. That, that's that's when the Colts have put together their best performances and was when they're just constantly getting that pressure. Uh, so that'll be definitely one. And, you know, the, the, the line about Josh Allen, his first couple years was no, well, number one, thinking he'd be an MVP candidate at this point, a lot of people would have thought that was a joke. He's known for being very um, inaccurate, making some erratic throws, things like that. So that is still in his game. It's possible to force him into that. Uh, like you briefly mentioned, but, now he's going to have a good game. Regard, he's he's going to have some stats regardless. Yeah, um, it's yep. just you gotta you gotta force him into some of those blunders because that could be the difference. Yeah, luckily we we've seen this with Watson. You know, we've seen this with Sean Watson. He's going to make those plays where it's just you feel like there's nothing you can do. Yeah, and we, we've seen that for years now. We've seen it six times against the the Colts under Matt Eberflus. They've had to go against Watson. He's done this to them. Uh, I think the same kind of principle applies to Josh Allen here where he's going to make some absurd plays, but uh, the more you can get him on the ground, the more you can get him kind of rolling out of that pocket and trying to, you know, speed up what he wants to do. That's where you're going to find your most success. And we see in the Colts forcing turnovers on Watson and, and uh, beat the Texans because of things like that in the past. Yeah. So now that we've looked at both sides of the ball, it is time to dig into the four horsemen for this matchup. And uh, these these four guys for uh, both of our picks, obviously, this is going to be the most critical time for them to step up. <laughs> Zach, who you got? Who are your four horsemen for this week against the Bills? All right. So number one, most important, obviously, is going to be Phillip Rivers. And it's not because he needs to have an elite football game or anything like that. But uh, at the end of the day, your football team lives and dies by your quarterback. And Josh Allen's going to put up some numbers. Even if, he, even if the Cole Stevens does everything I just went on a long tangent about, He's still going to put up numbers. He's still going to have some success. Uh, Phil Burr is going to have to match some of that success and have a really good game uh, for the Colts to have a chance, even if Jonathan Taylor is rolling like he was last week. Uh, so if Rivers can hold on to the ball, be consistent and efficient with his uh, passing game, then the Colts should be fine. But so so much comes down to, to him in this game, and he's been in the league long enough where he knows that. Uh, so he needs to come out with his A game this week, and, and that's definitely uh, you know the, the biggest person for this team. Um, after that, I want to go with Kenny Moore. Uh, we've seen in the past, he's had huge, huge playoff games for the Colts in, in the two playoff games he played with Indy. I, he led the team in sacks that one postseason, which was <laughs> awesome. Uh, but also from what I was kind of talking about, those simulated pressures, we've seen a lot in the past against Josh Allen and, or against uh, Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Kenny Moore has been huge in those games, not only from uh, in coverage, but also with how he's been blitzing and how he's been getting after those quarterbacks. And and how he's able to get those those quick sacks within one second in the backfield and really get in the quarterback's head. Uh, so however the Colts want to use him this week, if it is as the blitzer, if it is one-on-one uh, locking down Cole Beasley, if it is in zone coverage, you know, he needs to make some plays, and I think he's the type of guy who will. I uh, never have any doubt in my mind about him. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be huge for them. And uh, after that, it, it's going to go with the other star player on defense, and besides DeForest Buckner. I'm going to go with uh, Darius Leonard uh, and... You know, to a degree, I think it has been a bit of a quiet year for him. Uh, you know, he's still been uh, every bit Darius Leonard, but we haven't seen those those big-time plays that we've seen in the past. You know, he had a big one against Detroit earlier in the year. He had that punch out against Houston. But, you know, it, it just doesn't seem like the same Darius Leonard where every time he steps on the field, it feels like a big-time forced fumble or interceptions. is just bound to happen. Uh, for the Colts to win this game, they're, they're going to need some big-time plays like that, whether it's a big sack, whether it's a big interception. Uh, and he's the playmaker of this defense. He has been the last three years. So 
uh, that that's definitely a huge one uh, for me as well. Uh, and I'll probably jump back to the offense on this one and, and go back to Jonathan Taylor, uh, just because, like we said at the beginning of this, uh, Jonathan Taylor's been rolling lately. He's been one of the best backs in the league. Uh, this Bills defense gives up big plays in the run game and also gives up a pretty steady yard per carry. Uh, so jo- uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to have to have a big game uh, and really, uh, you know, kind of add that explosive element to the Colts offense. Yeah, I uh, I think I'll I'll just go in Ross order. I guess you got to have Philip Rivers having a big game. You know, he hasn't had. Yeah. I don't think you can really say he's had any like truly putrid games so far this year. Um, Brown's game was probably closest. We're yeah, right yeah, yeah, because a couple putrid decisions. In that one. Yeah, but that bill. So that Bills defense, of course, they take risks. <laughs> And that can be successful against a guy like Philip Rivers who takes risks himself, you know. Uh, but ju- it seems like just as often as he throws up those gimmies into like double or triple coverage or just they're off, they're just off the mark. Like that, uh, that the interception by that guy with the beautiful long hair for the Jaguars last week, for instance. Which you know, I'm gonna say he's had two against Rivers this yeah, year. Yeah, so that pisses me off so bad. Andrew Winter. Uh, Quick thing, Andrew Wingard, if yeah. anyone watches College Showman thought he would be a productive NFL player, please at me on Twitter because I did not <laughs> see it whatsoever. I just saw another slow college safety. No chance. That, and he's actually been pretty solid for the Jaguars. So, uh, yeah, definitely at me if you thought he was going to be a good NFL player. I want to see that. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's plays like that. But he'll also he also spots mismatches. Um, he'll, he'll see a guy flying downfield against a linebacker or a slower safety side. He'll spot that. Um, so just as much as he can be caught by those, you know, dumb mistakes or just, you know, poor throws like that, he can also take advantage of stuff like that. And if the Bills do want to key in on stopping the run, he's obviously going to have to pick up and control the entire offense and kind of move them. Um, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, we've seen what he can do. Uh, he's been just absolutely dominant this last month or so. He was the NFL's uh, Rookie of the Month for December. Again, finished third in the NFL in rushing. Kind of came out of nowhere to do that. Uh, finished only behind Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. He's scoring touchdowns. He's getting huge yardage. He's getting those big, long plays. So, obviously, if you're able to establish that in this game, that sets the tone. You know, it keeps your offense on the field. It keeps Josh Allen off the field. Um, next, I'm I'm gonna make DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry a package deal on this one. The defense does really, really well when both of them are clicking, especially. Um, yeah. it, it seems like teams don't always expect Danico Autry to blow them up, but he's a guy capable of those two two and a half sack games as well. I don't have any doubt DeForest Buckner is gonna have a, a strong performance. Maybe he doesn't put up a ton of stats in this one. He does have the ankle. He's been dealing with that anyways, but you know. He'll, he'll let his presence be known. He'll get his quarterback hits. Uh, but no, when, when both him and Danico Autry are on, that really causes issues for opponents. And then last, I kind of waffled between these two guys. Since you picked Kenny, I'm going to go with Julian Blackman. Uh, you know that you said you think they might play some you know single high stuff like that. I think he could be big in this one. Again, if, if they can force Josh Allen into some errant passes, you know, it's a game of inches. I could see this being one where Julian Blackman finds himself in the right place at the right time, but he's also very instinctive. He can fly up and, and make plays. 
kind of some of the same reasons we pointed out Kari Willis earlier. He could be big in making sure Josh Allen doesn't get to the second or third levels when he scrambles. Um, I, in my opinion, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary can both make plays uh, as pass catchers. You know, he can help limit that if, if they start getting downfield a little bit. Um, and I think I think we're just due for a big play from him. Uh, I think this, you know, this could be another statement game for him. And it's just kind of me, it's kind of me projecting that onto him. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I would definitely like to see uh, to see Blackman be that fourth guy there. I do want to sneak one person in, though, that I wanted to put in here, but I just want to throw him out here, mm-hmm. is one guy we're not really talking about being really good these last couple games as well, uh, along with Jonathan Taylor, has been Naeem Hines. Uh, the yes. last few weeks, you know, we saw his yards per carry since week 10. We talked about how Jonathan Taylor has gone from, I think, three-point-something yards per carry up to in the fours. Uh, Naeem Hines has done the same thing. He's gone from, like, 2.9 yards per carry in the first 10 games up to now on a season, he's up to 4.2, I believe, or 4.3, which is his best rushing season of his career. Yeah. Uh, so running the ball, he's been really good. Again, he's going to be that passing mismatch, especially if you can get the Bills into their base defense uh, with A.J. Klein and Matt Milano out there, who are both good linebackers. Uh, but that's – Naeem Hines can, can beat them in coverage. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, you got to add in that he's had so much unluck. You know, he's been so unlucky when it comes to big plays this year. I think he's had – uh, three pump returns or whatever, like big big returns that were called back because of it because of a hold or a block in the back. Uh, he had the big screenplay against the Steelers that got called back because of a, a fairly soft block in the back. Uh, so he's had a couple of, of huge plays where he's been making these plays, uh, but they've kind of been taken away from him. I, I think he's due to get one of those big plays, especially in this big game here. And uh, he's playing the best football of his career, and it wouldn't shock me if he had a really big game, especially you know if Rivers needs to get that ball out quick. Uh, that's that's his, his guy he likes to go to. So I, I think Hines is going to have a sneaky good game here for the Colts. Yeah, and there's only so much a, a defense can do to stop him because if you want to get your ball to a, a running back out in space, you can do it. And he's yeah. he's faster than most people he's playing against. So if they want to get him going, they certainly can do that. When you talk change of pace backs, I think he might have separated himself as – I won't maybe not the best in the league. I'd have to look at it, but definitely one of the best in the league this year. He's gone from okay, good little scat back the last couple of years to all right. This is a guy who can make some plays now, and he's a productive runner, productive pass catcher, especially with Rivers back there. So I, I think he's a real weapon in this offense. That team's actually, you know, instead of just thinking again, just a, he's a scat back and catch a couple passes. He's a legit weapon that you have to you have to be worried about. So yeah, he's made that huge step for the Colts this year. Agree. I, I think when you try to decide whether or not he is the best one, you just kind of have to consider who would you rather have as your change of pace guy. And I can't, no, no one comes to mind off my off the top of my head. It's funny because he doesn't even change the pace. He runs at the same speed that. Yeah, he does now. He's like a legit. He can run between the tackles, which is something a lot of us, you know, kind of cringed at at times. We're like, God, you know, maybe not right up the a gap, but he's doing well. And now for some fantasy business. Uh, If you guys are still playing daily fantasy or you're in a league that only does the playoffs, here are some guys that I like and some that I'm not so keen on this week. Starting with the Colts, Jonathan Taylor is pretty much the only one that I can say with certainty that I do like. The Bills also rank low against tight ends, but have fun picking out which one of the three Colts tight ends might stand out this week. Across the league, some guys that I like 
Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, Rams running back Cam Akers, and Titans wide receiver Corey Davis. The not-so-muches, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, Buccaneers running back Ronald Jones, and Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf. So now focusing on the broader scheme of this NFL weekend, uh, Zach and I will go ahead and make our wild card picks. First up, Indy at Buffalo. Who you got? I will will say I feel more confident about this game than I thought I would Mm -hmm. going into the weekend. I'm going to still pick the Bills, but again, I do feel more confident now than what I did after studying a lot of the Bills. I think there is a game script the Colts can win with. Uh, it would just take a lot for them to get to that game script, but I think they can get that way. But I'm going to go with Bills right now. I think Bills uh, ultimately just have the better X factors with Allen and Diggs. Yeah, I think the Bills, of course, they're, they have every reason to be the favorites in this one. But to balance out the show and make sure we don't get like tar and feathered, I'll go ahead and pick the Colts. I, I'm going to be optimistic in this one. I'm going to say they actually give us a 60-minute affair, which is – has been too much to ask for. Colts can give us four straight quarters of, of good play where they don't have that one quarter where they get up 30 points. Yeah. And yeah, I think they can definitely win this one. Exactly. And, you know, we've seen them beat elite teams like Green Bay. You know, yeah, but even that one, we only got. Yeah, they, they started out pretty slow. But no, it's they can do it. They are just so good at getting in their own way. Yeah. Well, against the Titans, the first matchup, we got to see four good quarters. And look at how they handled the Titans in that game. Yep, and then they did not have four good quarters in the second matchup and got their asses kicked. Buckner is the most important player in history. Oh, uh, yeah. Dear God. <laughs> All right, so now we got the Rams at Seahawks. I think Jared Goff is playing in this one. I saw him practicing. If Goff plays, I'm going to go with Rams. Um, but if he doesn't, I would go with Seahawks. But for now, I'll go with Rams for the sake of, of picking. I think the Rams just have a better overall team. And Wilson's been playing not as good lately. Yeah. And, you know, the the strength of the Seahawks right now, Russell Wilson to, to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, those Rams corners have been playing just out of their minds. So I think the Rams have what it takes to counter this the Seahawks' strengths. So I'll go ahead and take the Rams on that one as well. Uh, Buccaneers at Washington. I want to pick Washington. I, grew up Washington. I do too, so bad. But their offense is so, so bad. And on the defensive side, the Washington's team, they thrive with getting pressure on the quarterback. And the Bucks have three fringe all pros on their offensive line, along with the quarterback gets the ball out quick. So I don't really see this being in the cards at all. Um, and I don't want to pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. So, yeah, definitely the Bucks in this one. Yeah, me too. It's uh, I, I think Washington has a pretty good defense. They may make some things difficult for Brady, but it's it's got to be Tampa Bay. Uh, Ravens at Titans. That's such a good game. That is such a good game. I'm going to go with Ravens because they have been red hot lately, and I think mm-hmm. the Titans' defense is just bad enough to where the Ravens, who have figured out their offense and their defense is full strength now, I think they'll have enough to, to beat the Titans. But that's going to be a really good game. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I agree. I, I think that could be a shootout. I, it's just going to be really, really entertaining. I think each team will answer each other well. I really like that J.K. Dobbins has been kind of unleashed. Um, like you said, Baltimore seems to figure their offense out. 
and they did it in the second. They did it at halftime against the Colts, and they haven't really stopped since. Um, I'll go with Ravens, um, just because I don't. I don't think I. I want to. I don't think I want to have Titans fans in my mentions if the Colts have to wind up facing the Titans. I just don't. I don't have that energy right now. Literally, I don't sleep anymore, so I just don't want to do that. <laughs> um, Bear the Bears at the Saints. This one's so interesting. I actually, I, part of me really wants to pick the Bears because I think they do have a formula where they can win because their defense is good enough. Mm-hmm. And Mitch has been really streaky lately, but I'm, I'm still going to go with the Saints. They have one of the best rosters in football. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it'd be crazy if they dropped this one. But part of me, there's like a little voice in me saying that I think the Bears could pull this one off. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Saints though. I think the Bears are capable of winning and bad shit just happens to the Saints in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> but, Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's yeah. part of what's telling me. <laughs> but I I can't I can't bank on good Mitch Trubisky. Like yeah. that's never something I can go into a game being confident about. So Saints for me. Uh last one, Browns at Steelers. This one is just gonna be this is gonna be such a grudge match to watch. I I can't wait to see this one too. Yeah, I'm going to go with Steelers mainly because the COVID issues that are hitting the Browns right now. Uh, Worst time possible. Yeah, of course. Just the Browns, right? That's just how it is. And we saw because of the COVID issues last week, uh, the Browns struggled to beat the Steelers' backups. Uh, What are they going to do with the Steelers' defense full strength? Now without Joel Batonio, too, on the inside and a couple other guys. And I I think it's just going to be tough. And I think their coach still has COVID, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, so they won't even have their like I don't know. I just think there's a lot. There's a lot rolling against Cleveland, even though I really like what they've done, especially the second half of the year. Um, and the Steelers are just too well coached to a team, uh, too good of a defense to where you can kind of go into that game shorthanded and win. So I'm going to go with Steelers, but I am I'm pulling for the Browns in this one. I do. I want to see the Browns get that playoff win. Yeah, me too. Steelers, but the Browns would be a fun story to see them keep going. Uh, okay, so that is it for the picks. And now a segment making its return to the show is the local shout-out. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys saw um, Alex Smith's wife got his leg brace that he had after he uh, broke his leg. Uh, she got that welded into a really cool like Lombardi trophy design. Turns out, I didn't know this until uh, just a couple days ago, the company that did that for her is actually located here in my town. I just thought that was that was so cool. That's just a small world. It's uh, Cold Hard Art in Brownsburg, Indiana. They they made that really cool thing for uh, Alex Smith's out of Alex Smith's leg brace. So, got I got to give my town another little shout out here. Uh, that is it for this week, my friends. Thanks so much for joining us. And um, God, this is a big one. It's uh, Colts return to the playoffs. Win or lose, I, I think we're all pretty happy with how this has gone. Uh, you know, 11, 11 and five, first year with a new uh, quarterback playoffs. Their, their rookies have, have turned on. Jonathan Taylor has finally come on. You're confident moving forward in the next year. Um, but yeah, I'm sure everyone's eyes will be glued. Um, we'll of course be back with you after that game. Um, be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Believe in Colts. 
and me personally at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. And my written work can be found on Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. Follow Zach at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find his work on Stampede Blue. Uh, give the show a, a subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes and really wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer after this next show, shoot them over to us through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond whenever we send out the call for questions on Twitter. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. If you're interested in advertising on Believe Podcast, please contact them at believe.com. Or if you're just interested in advertising on our show specifically, just shoot us an email. Again, you guys will hear from us after this game. Go Colts! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.